I'm Sean from Offload Rugby Media. I'm Simeon from the TikTok Ref. Guys, I'm Murray, also known as Boss for Rugby HQ. And you're listening to the Rugby Connection Podcast. For the fans, by fans. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Rugby Connection Podcast. You see, lads, I got it right this time. I got it right. <laughs> episode three of the Rugby Connection Podcast. Murray, how are you? I'm all right. I've had a very stressful week, but I'm all good now. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking. Simeon, I believe you've had a busy week. How are you? Well, I was, as I said last week, I was really meant to ref one game. I ended up refing three. Really good weekend. Did my first ever first team's tens game. Absolutely great atmosphere down at Caffili Rugby Club. Caffili first against Clanchester and first, 55 21 to Caffili. Had a yellow card in the first two minutes and it felt like the good old days. Lots of running, good rugby. Great to be back in it. Love to hear it. And actually, I saw a clip and uh, the ground, Caffili ground, looks actually pretty nice. You have a bit of a stadium kind of stand there, isn't it? Capacity about three, 4,000. They had Dragons versus the Blues down there four, four five years ago. So it's a it's a good capacity down there. Oh, that's a that's a nice stadium actually. That's a nice capacity. It's lovely to have. down to Philly. I'm sure the atmosphere is buzzing on uh, Cup Day. <laughs> it was, yeah, it definitely is. We'll just crack on. So getting on with the Premiership lads, you both called it Quins against Bristol. Quins ran away with it in the end. Lads, what did you think? The Bears absolutely bottled it. I did say it. <laughs> Simeon did mention that they peaked too early and. Evidently, they absolutely did. I mean, 28-0 up at some point. And then, mm. I mean, fair play to the Quins. They've done it all season. They play to the final whistle like you're meant to. But, oh my God, like I don't think anyone was expecting that. I mean, 28-0 up, like I said, Bristol. Uh, Tyrone Green and Lewis Lina of the Harlequins just not taking no for an answer. Marcus Smith controlling the game, as he always does. Fair play to Bristol, though. I will give them... Credit where credit's due. Charles Piatow is an absolute nuisance. Semirandrandra, it's just epic. And Max Mellins was just class. He did nothing wrong, but just, I don't know what happened at halftime. I feel like Quinn's were like, look, we've still got in this. We've still got the full uh, final whistle to play for. And Pat Lamb at Bristol just kind of went, yeah, cool. We'll just do what we're doing. And it just didn't work. But I've, ne- I've never seen a game that exciting go to extra time, especially, so... Fair play, well done, Harlequins. Thoroughly deserved. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we we love to we love to see it, don't we? It's a, it's the type of game we love to see. When we go for Bristol first. We talk about I think they peaked too early. They peaked too early this season, and in that game. So you know, a double meaning. Now I'm kind of proud of that one. But Max Maylands of a hat trick. You can't ignore it. England can't ignore it. That is a, in my opinion, a class England starter for the summer. There, um, Quinn's just pulling out and. Doing a victory, getting a good tries, and when they could, started by I believe Alex Donbrand scoring in the corner, making a fantastic run. You can't yeah. go wrong with it. It inspires it. I mean, you talk, think of forwards, big forwards um, starting comebacks. Scotland against England back a few years ago. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a thing. <laughs> but fair play to Quinns. You dug, they dug deep, and I know I've got a few mates. My old P teacher being one of them, who was a massive Quinns fan, and will be grinning after a game like that. Um, but no, fantastic work to Quinns. Do have a little bit of a discussion later on about an interesting last-minute um, tackle, but we shall come to that. But no, fantastic, fantastic game. You love to see it. Sean, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think you both kind of touched on it there. Bristol were a bit sloppy in the second half, and they kind of nearly threw it away themselves, really. Like, Quinn's got that score before half-time, which they 
dearly needed. But um, yeah, no, and I think like Bristol, they had some players who stood up, as you said, Max Maynard and Piatow started off the game pretty well. But um, in terms of uh, comebacks, I would have said, and I actually, when I was watching the highlights, I was thinking, you know, this will look awful like the New England Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons a couple of years ago for those NFL fans. But um, yeah, no, fair play to Quinns, like what a game. And I'm moving on to the uh, your beloved Exeter lads. What did you think? Yeah, <laughs> business as usual. I mean, Sam Simmons wasn't on the scoreboard, but I mean, it just proves how great Exeter were. We didn't really need Sam Simmons. I felt he quite, had quite a quiet game for his standard. But mm, definitely. Look, Kevin Dickey, straight off the bat, absolute power. Tom O'Flattery just having the season of his career, in my opinion. Jack Knoll getting two tries at fullback. How was his first uh, outing at fullback since the 2019 Prem final, or I call it BH before Hogg? I think that's quite cool. And fair play on And we didn't actually need Stuart Hogg. Shockingly, I thought having Stuart Hogg on the bench was questionable. What was that, Murray? Sorry, did I hear you correctly? You <laughs> yeah. didn't need Stuart. You didn't need Stuart Hogg. The then Cornish, the Cornish held it strong for us. That <laughs> Definitely. Day. And then Alex Cuthbert got in as well. It's it's sad to see him leaving at the end of the season, but he still dug in deep. And fair play to uh, Sale as well. Like that Johan Rand Van Rensburg is an absolute unit, untouchable. The Dupree brothers just causing so much bother. And you can just see why they're in that South African squad for the summer. Faff, doing faff things. It just... It just it was going well for them. It just wasn't the right time, is the best way I could put it. Like maybe next year for sale. I think Alexander yeah. I think Alex Anderson is a phenomenal coach and what he's done in such a short period of time in such a quick turnaround is unreal. So sale definitely one to watch for the future. I mean sale scored thirty points. In a loss of games, that is a win. So you can't yeah. I mean Exeter at the end of the day, we say Exeter Exeter, personally quite happy. All Welsh and Cornish scorers, so I'm not complaining from from a, a personal point of view there. But um, I mean, you can't really say much more. Exeter dug deep, they drove well, they pressured well. They, you saw the tries scored; it was either through pressure, as in they intercepted the ball or got space, and then pressured by the line like they normally do. Exeter played Exeter's game, and they scored a massive number of points for it. You scored 40 points for it. Letting in 30 points defensively against a good attacking Harlequins team next week could be an issue, but then Quinn's did the same. So, I mean, I think even though as Chiefs fans, would we not just love to see a massively high-scoring final? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Sean, what did you think of the Chiefs-Sharks game? Yeah, I think uh, Simeon said it there. I think, you know, for, sa- for sale, like they were good. You know, 30 points, as you said, that's a win. Like, but um, look, Van, Van Rensburg, he was brilliant. He scored two tries. So, and mm. can't, you know, can't, uh, can't fault them for their effort. And, and, you know, Murray, you said it as well, maybe next season. And things have really kind of turned around for sale since um, Steve, Steve Diamond was booted out. So, fair play um, to Anderson. So, but um, um, so, lads, for the, for the final next week, who do you think is going to win? Simeon, do you want to go for that one first? I mean, it's kind of a nice one where if Chiefs lose, I will be sad, but Quinns would be a worthy one. I wouldn't be annoyed about that. It's not Saracens. Um, but <laughs> it's a side of London I can support. But I think Chiefs will dig deep. I think I think they'll dig deep and they will want to never, they will want their third premiership. They will want their hat-trick of premierships. And I think they'll dig, I think it'll be a very high-scoring game. I think we'll be seeing... Very similar to like 30, 40 points on both sides. 
but I think Exeter will dig deep and find a way to win that game in the end. Do you want to uh, pinpoint a score prediction? Right, now you're asking. 42-37 to Exeter. Ooh, that sounds like it's going to be a good game, judging by that score. Murray? In my head, that is a class game and I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go for Harlequins, 42. Um, Chiefs, 43. I think it's going to be very, very tight. Um, I got asked this earlier, actually, funnily enough. Somebody asked, like, can Quins bring it home? Like, in theory, like, there's no reason why Harlequins can't. And then mm. I flipped, I was like, but as a Chiefs fan, no, no, they cannot. Like, yeah. Just as a little <laughs> joke. But then, like, I, I flipped it back and went, as a, like, a rugby neutral, it is an absolute tasty game. Like, it, you can't complain that that's the final, that Harlequins is against Exeter Chiefs. Both two very high scoring teams, very well run, just a lot of free rugby in a way. There's yeah. not much ta- until, like, the like XR push. From like a mall or anything that's tactical, but apart from that, it's a lot of like loose play. And I think the big selling point for me is Joe Simmons versus Marcus Smith. Two, two, two future tens, both both players not capped by England. Eddie Jones, listening, and <laughs> just yeah, I think those two are going to have an absolutely phenomenal game. And one of them, I can't decide which one is just going to have that little edge over the other one, and I think that could make a big difference in the game. Yeah, that's Terry. Def- I mean, go ahead. With Marcus Smith and how he plays, if he starts to overplay and potentially lose his head a bit, the Simmons is obviously captain. He's so calm and collected that I could see it being Simmons. And I think people look at Marcus Smith and, like, here is England's next 10. Well, Simmons is just as good, but he's good in a completely different way. He's just not a he's not a highlight real player, but he gets his points. He's he's a very good kicker. I just think Simmons is massively underrated. I personally would like to see him start for England, but that's just a bit yeah, extra bias. But I prefer the way he plays. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting uh, match within the match, as you said, between the tens. Um, yeah, definitely. I think. Um, I think I'm actually going to go against you, and I'm going to say Quinns are going to win. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know whether they will or not, but um, if I was to put a score on it, I'm going to say Quinns 32, Exeter 25. There we go. Oh. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. I mean, if that happens, fair play. Obviously, either team that won it as rightful champions is not yeah, going to... Absolutely. Yeah. But we've got a surprise winner in the finals this weekend, haven't we, lads? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think it was a surprise. I mean, so I know I said one point, but I was still right. Ben and Tom got his home. They won the game. I mean, for Italian, like, very briefly on the game, they mauled well. They played, a, they played their game and they brewed with confidence and form. Can't really take anything away from them. But for Italian rugby, what a place to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Like the future is bright, and especially that the Treviso coach is now becoming the Italian head coach, like basically from now. Like I'm actually worried about Italy for like especially next season, Six Nations. And you should be. Like Italy have some great players. Granted, they haven't been doing great, but they were riddled with injuries this year. Like 
I read the squad when it came out and there was nobody in it and they were all injured or suspended. And exactly. it, it sucks. But just imagine, I'm just going to drop some names here. So like, imagine like Poedri, Stephen Varney, Paul Garbisi, Montani Iwani, um Negri. Negri, yeah, thank you. And, um, oh, what's his name? The Wasps fullback plays for Italy. Oh, Minotzi. Minotzi, thank you. Matteo Minotzi, yeah. I generally drew a blank there, but yeah. just I'm, I'm just dropping some names there. That's and Carlos Canna, I mean, never a good player. I, I don't rate Carlos Canna, but he, he does do the job as well when required. He's, he's, I like him at 12. He's consistent. He gets it done, gets the job done. But there you go. There's, that's not even a full squad, and that's terrifying to go against. Exactly. If you can get an Italian team no injuries, be worried. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, that's what everyone wants is just for Italy to get better and put it up to a couple of teams in the Six Nations, you know. Um, and wouldn't it be great, you know, that he signed on for another year in Toulon if Sergio Fruise came back, you know, wouldn't that just be a perfect oh. story, you know? <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't even be a surprise. Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, whether Crowley would pick him though, that's another question. But honestly, like fair play to Treviso, like in the regular Pro 14 uh, season, zero wins, absolutely written off every week. And then the Rainbow Cup gets introduced and it was just like a, a, like a whiff of fresh air for them. And everything just started clicking. They were getting big wins. They got wins against Connaught, against Glasgow. Obviously, they didn't get to play the Ospreys because of COVID, which got them to the semi, uh, the final, sorry. And the Bulls, I mean, look at the team that the Bulls have for the regular season in the Rainbow Cup. Mornay Stain, Dwan Vermaelen, Roscoe Speckman. Like, unreal, like proper world-class players. Granted, none of them played. And mm. that's no, that's, I'm not taking that one away from Treviso because you can't, uh, you do play with what's in front of you. Exactly. Like, I was expecting a close game because I, I feel like South African teams, they try and just, like, kill the game. And like use forwards as a like a great structure, and it does work for the most part. But Treviso were just having none of it, and I think the fact that it was in Treviso, there wasn't full capacity, obviously, but there was some some fans there. I think that just made it so much more special. And like Montana Yuani scoring in the first five minutes, again, he just he does that so many times, and nobody stops him. Exactly. It's, it's terrifying, but honestly. Deserving champions. I put on my Instagram, ultimate underdogs. And who doesn't have an underdog story in sport? Every, like, exactly, everyone exactly. does. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, what was I going to say there, lads? Uh, yeah, the Bulls, in fairness, well, not in fairness, but they seem to make a lot of mistakes. You know, a lot of, couple of high tackles given away. And then obviously for that second try, it was just a poor pass there on um, their own five-meter line. And then Benetton pounced on it, I think. Is that correct? Or am I... I think that happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah some, some, something along those lines anyway, definitely. Yeah, but well, it was just, I just feel like the Bulls had nothing to answer for. Yeah. No, it's like, be, yeah, you play what's in front of you, but you've still got a squad of professional rugby players. Like, okay, maybe you thought they've dropped a few players, the scoreline would be close, but maybe Benetton would win then when you sort of teamed. But you, no one expected that, even against the, not full capacity balls team. It's 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 just good to see. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like you said earlier, Simon, just it is fantastic for Italian rugby, and what yeah. a send off for the coach and Jim Hayward as well. Like he's leaving as well. I don't know where is he's going. 
Yeah, apparently that was his last game. So I like always like Jaden Hayward as a player. I thought he's always just been he's been a big big fast fallback. I, yeah. yeah, Murray. Thank you. <laughs> Hayward. <laughs> Hayward, uh, he played well at, um, on the weekend as well, didn't he? So, you know, yeah. you know that's a bit of a scalp for them. Um, Murray, the Super Rugby Trans-Hasman final was on at the weekend. Do you want to take us through that? Yes. So the Blues, they finally done it. 18 long years of not winning a trophy. And they done it 23-15 to the Blues at Eden Park. So it was on home turf. Like, well done. Well deserved. Unbelievable try as well. There was a cross-field kick. From a Tory Black, I can't hammer home enough how much I love a Tory Black as a 10. He just does everything right. But just because he is New Zealand, he will not get a look in at the national squad. But that tells you how good the depth is in New Zealand, like how frightening that is. Yeah. But honestly, nothing will take that away from the Blues. It was I was absolutely phenomenal. I know there was a big hit in it from Lee Dixon of the Hurric- of the Highlander, sorry, that Simeon will go into. Yeah. But I don't even think that I don't think that affected the game at all. Like as soon as the we knew the Crusaders couldn't go into the final, I was like, the Blues are wanting this. The Yuani brothers, Hoskins Tutu, Atore Black, Finley Christie, they all had a phenomenal games, and I was actually really happy to watch the Blues win because obviously growing up watching Super Rugby, it was very Crusader dominated, and not like that was a bad thing. But it's kind of like when you see Leinster winning everything up here, it does get a bit stale. After all, mm-hmm. come on, like, is there no one that can compete against them? And now, yes, there is because the Blues are back in business, and rightfully so. So, yeah, we great to see. And Sean, would you like to cover um, your top fourteen and your sevens? Yeah, so in the top 14, the two semi-finals were on at the weekend. Toulouse against Bordeaux, probably the better of the two games. 24-21 went to Toulouse. That was, you know, look at Entomac. He opened the scoring after, I think, what was it, four minutes? Um, with a lovely try, Dupont. He tried to clear it from his own 22. It was partially blocked, and then they played it from there. Um, all the way 60 metres up the pitch. It was a great start for Toulouse. Um, and then Ben Lamb, he capitalised with two tries uh, of his own for Bordeaux, um, which, you know, they brought themselves back in the game. And in fairness, they stayed in the game. Uh, but then in the second half, 57 minutes, Bordeaux conceded a red card, which, you know, pretty much, you know, killed them, you know. as I've actually seen this red card. We saw it. What, what did you think, briefly? Was it deserved? Um, I'm trying to remember it, actually. No, I can't remember. To be honest, so I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'll not have to one. Make a TikTok on it. I'll go and find it. Yeah, so make sure to be uh, checking tabs on uh, at the TikTok ref over the next couple of days. Or the random French red card at the end of a game no one heard of. <laughs> yeah, no one on this side of the water anyway. <laughs> um, you, and then you mentioned Ben Lam there, uh, and obviously he was a big unit in Super Rugby for the past few seasons. I keep forgetting he's moved over to Europe. Yeah. And me, I don't. He never even played for the All Blacks. No, yeah, never used. Waste, he, yeah. wasted talent. He's been very quiet since he's moved over to France. Definitely hasn't he? Has he struggled, or just because not uh, not many like in the UK and Ireland really talk about top fourteen? Yeah, for the um, most part, really. Yeah, I think he's kind of been middling. It's not like he hasn't had like a breakaway season where he's been like you know up there with the top scores. I think he's yeah, probably struggling is probably a little bit you know fair enough. Like, but um, 
yeah, yeah. He just even for me he's just been completely under the radar and as you said he's just one of those names that you recognize but then when it comes yeah. to the matches sometimes you you know he could be very quiet um, yeah definitely and Ronald Garros Warashell has pulled out magic again so I hear Yes, 19-6 win against Racing, which is another big win. Racing were in good form. Um, I mean, they've, they've just defended against Racing. They've not let Racing, Finn Russell's team, score a try. Yeah. <laughs> that is good to see. Yeah, that's like that's that's a tough job to do. Like Racing's attack is on fire, and obviously their defense is, you know, a bit iffy at times, but man, you know, it takes a lot to, you know. Not let not let Rassic score as you said, Simeon. But um, yeah, the, I think there was only one try in the game. I think well, it's it came it came after 28 minutes. Doolan he put a little chip in um for the first try, and that was that was that really La Rochelle. They just kept you know ticking over the three points. Uh, Rassing were a bit indisciplined, and uh, that was it. And now we get to see a rematch of the Champions Cup final now. Toulouse against La Rochelle once again. So um, you know that would be an interesting one. You know, especially because La Rochelle were. Um, not kind of robbed in the Champions Cup, but we all know we all know what happened there anyway. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually think that the roles are going to be swapped this time. I think Clarachel going to win the top fourteen. Yeah, that's. I just, I, I think they will. Yeah, yeah. I just, I love. There's so many players that are at Clarachel that, like I said, like with Ben Lamb being in, at Bordeaux, I was not aware until like you watch some player like uh, Tawira Carbarlo at nine. Ania West, Will Skelton, Lavani Bottia, uh, Duan, um, Raymond Rule. Like, I love Greg, watching Raymond Gregory, Rule. Gregory, number eight. Gregory, yeah, I knew Gregory Aldrew mm-hmm. was it. Because obviously it comes up in the Six Nations, like Club, La Rochelle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the big, like Southern Hint, the big, just delete that. <laughs> A minute, just cue me back in. Yeah, all right. Three, three two, one. Yeah, so like, I knew that Aldrit was obviously at France and uh, La Rochelle because it comes up like club France, uh, La Rochelle in the Six Nations. Yeah. But the big Southern Hemisphere players, like I mentioned, like Kerbarlo, Ania West, Will Skelton, and Raymond Drill, especially, I did not know they were at La Rochelle. And oh my, it's so enjoyable to watch when I get the time to watch La Rochelle play. And fair player on Nogara, whatever he's brought in from being at clubs around the world. It's definitely working, and I strongly suggest they keep a, a tight hold of him because as soon as he's a free agent, everyone's going to want him. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, so as I was just going to say, La Rochelle, obviously, they were brilliant. And Simon, you were saying, you know, when, when, Ron, when Ron Nogara's term finished with La Rochelle, everyone's going to want to snap him up. Could be one for the Ireland job, especially after the World Cup, you never know. But um, yeah, so Simeon, what do you think of uh, La Rochelle's rise? I think I I just it's been it's been faster than Exeter's. If they win this, it is faster than Exeter's rise. So why not? I reckon they'll do it. I think they'll want that revenge. I think they'll want the win. I think they'll be more disciplined this time. I think they'll have learned from their mistakes. And I'm going to go with twenty three sixteen to La Rochelle. I like to hear that. That could be another good game. Um, I was actually just going to say, lads, the. La Rochelle have only um, come up to the top 14, was it only seven years ago? So, like, well, you know, I didn't even think it was that many. I think it was less than seven. Okay, well, like, you know, fair play to them. Like, they've uh, they've really uh, come big, you know, in a short period of time. Definitely. Absolutely. Like, they're just so enjoyable. Like, I've said this already, but they're just so enjoyable to watch. 
And again, it's kind of like another underdog story. Like, obviously, Toulouse, mm-hmm. big European powerhouse, win, win the French League for fun at some point. And now here comes, like, maybe the changing of the guard, maybe. Maybe this could be a new dominant era for um, La Rochelle. But who knows? But yeah. speaking of Rowan O'Gara, the Island Sevens. Yes. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Yes, so we uh, we qualified for the Olympics today in the uh, repechage in Monaco. Yeah, I'm delighted. I'm delighted. Come I'm on, happy for, I'm happy for you. <laughs> yes, we so we had uh, we had two big wins against Zimbabwe and Mexico and Tonga in the group stages. Tonga they had Fekatoa, but all their players are basically 15s players. They couldn't keep up, especially fitness wise. Jordan Conroy was absolutely gassing them on the outside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then today we had, uh, you know. Three pretty convincing wins. Well, not convincing, but good wins um, against 21-17 against Samoa. Fair play to Samoa. They were doing all right. Um, and Samoa, in fairness to them, uh, we only beat Mexico 31-0. I think they put like 60 points on Mexico. Like Samoa sevens are doing all right. Yeah, oh in sevens, yeah. That's like, jeez. <laughs> they're, they're still obviously flourishing um, from the Gordon Tidgens era down in Samoa. But um, yeah, so then we had a 28-5 win against Hong Kong in the semifinals. And then a lovely, which was sweet to watch, 28-19 victory against the French in the final. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I can't say too much more. It's just, it's great. France, in fairness, they're a solid team in the World Series. They're not up there with the South Africans and the, the Fijis, but they're still pretty good. And I'm delighted. We're, you know, the seventh series, um, well, sorry, the seventh program in Ireland um, has only been up and running since 2015, really professionally. So, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, Inca- well, I think that's an incredible story as well. Then, Just yeah, yeah another uh, small underdog story, which I think is a bit of a team today. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? <laughs> Ireland for the gold. There you go. Why? <laughs> we, why not? We'd love to see that. That would be that would brilliant. be interesting to see. Yeah, and I think you know we can put it up to some of these bigger teams. You know, we we put it up to GB and the we won the international sevens in GB, and uh, you know so nice, nice. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take, <laughs> I'll take yeah, that one up on you. <laughs> yeah, because it's like because building up to the Olympics, it's not Team Scotland, England, Wales this year. It's Team is Team GB, isn't it? For the yeah, most part, yeah. yeah. Can we um can we actually talk about that for a second? Because I want to yeah. say that I. Personally, from an, as an outsider looking in, obviously I want your perspective on it because you live in the UK. But um, as an outsider looking in, I think the fact that they only have twelve places for you know three nations for the squad for the GB, I I think it's a bit like you know harsh on some of these elite athletes who you know want a chance to play in the Olympics. You know, you're you're cutting what thirty six places down to twelve. Is it? Is that right? Is my maths right? Yeah, but pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, we'll get onto yeah. a bit of lions, but. It's harsher than the Lions. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely. Probably says harsher than Lions. I mean, you've got, and then even then, you've got players who play 15s who sometimes come into sevens for big tournaments. So, Commonwealth Games, Justin Tiprick and Hallam Amos came into the Wales Sevens team to do that. And it's like, it was a, it's an interesting one. I don't, 20 was, I don't know if the last Olympics was, there was more names I recognised, but less of that this time. But I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing GB. I mean, it's a good squad and I think they'll do a good job out there. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with Simeon on that. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big sevens uh, watcher. I can watch it. I do enjoy watching the sevens. Um, I did see the Team GB announcement, uh, squad announcement the other day and Max McFarlane of Scotland was a big standout for me. So, 
well done to him. And I know that on the women's side, Lisa Thompson of Scotland is on the the like reserves. Reserves, yeah. And but then I'm, I'm almost girl... convinced is Rona Lloyd on the Scotland squad. No, there's only um, Lisa Thompson's the only woman in the GB squad, the only Scottish woman in the GB squad. And then right. Jazz Joyce, the Welsh speedster, massively deserves to be there. So glad to see her back in that team. She was so good in the last Olympics, scoring loads of tries. Really happy to get that one Welsh represented in that women's. That's the issue, like we're talking about with Gemma before. That's where the professionalism of England is. And then you've got Scotland and Wales, you get one player in. But I think you kind of got to say that's fair enough because they're all professionals and they're the only two players from Wales and Scotland who can get a look in. So fair play to them, both for getting the look in. Yeah. Um, I had a quick look at the GB men's team and one name who I expected to see, to be honest, was uh, Luke Trahan from Wales. He's a pretty big player for Wales. And I know. Was... I was down up to see him. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's, he, he's been there for he's literally been there for years. Yeah. But maybe maybe before he was too old, maybe he didn't have enough a good season. But it's been a hard one with COVID. So, yeah. What can definitely. you say? What can you say? But on yeah. to on from GBs and Ireland apart. Let's bring them together <laughs> for the British and Irish Lions. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So uh, this week we're doing our. Match 15s, uh, we're going to be picking our 15, and I believe we're doing bench as well for uh, the test against Japan. So uh, Yes, and sure. I will I will be covering the best I can for that game. I've I've been lucky enough, my ticket's valid. It is unfortunate that we're not getting a full crowd, but it is the biggest crowd in the COVID era, I think it's been dubbed as. So yeah. I'm, ha- I'm happy for it, and if anyone's going, remember, give me a wave, I'll I'll try and say hi. Remember, I will have a mask on, though. But um, yeah, I'm. I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait. I think we've all something we've all been needing. We just yes, need the lions to be playing. Yeah. But um, there are. We have done a few rules regarding the match day 23 that we've put up against Japan. So, so before was, anyone shouts at us, these yes. are the very specific rules for only the Japan game. Before anyone starts calling us idiots. <laughs> Yes, this is not like our first uh, test of 15. This is just pure Japan. for the Japan game. Yes. So there is no Saris or Finn. This is pure because, um, retrospectively, XR Chiefs, are, as we, we've already spoke about, are in the Premiership final next week, which is the same day as the Lions in Japan. And I can't see them getting released. Like I know they've been given the green light to be released, for Lions duty, but I think the players that are in the Chief squad, so Luke Cowan-Dickey, Sam Simmons, Johnny Hill and Stuart Hogg are going to want to get this job done for XR and then focus on Lions duty. I think that's just the kind of players they are. Saracens players, again, also haven't been with the Lions in Jersey because they've been focusing on, on the championship playoffs, which they absolutely dominated. 117-15 uh, over the two legs. I mean, so, Fair play, Saracens. Been- yeah, so, you're hardly gonna. Um, you hardly. It's hardly. It's. I mean, well done, Saris, for beating a semi-professional team. Well, well done, <laughs> Saracens. But um, yeah, so that's why Saracens players are not in. So again, no Owen Farrell, no Maro Toji, no Jimmy George, no Elliot Daly. That's it's the same for the Exeter Chiefs. And Finn Russell is still in France with Racing ninety two. Granted, they did get beat by La Rochelle, but I think he gets a few days off. I think that's just Racing's policy. And then he'll probably join up with the squad this week. So Finn could make an appearance, maybe coming off the bench. 
but I wouldn't I wouldn't like put money on it if yeah just, so you're not overly disappointed. But um let's get straight into the match day twenty three. Right, so we're gonna do it differently. Um Sean, you start with your front three, then Simeon's front three, then my front three. So you're not getting the full squad. We're just gonna do it bit by bit. Sean, you start. Yeah, so from my front row I had Wynn Jones, Ken Owens, and Tyke Furlong. Well, I've gone for a bit more pace because it's Japan. Roy Sutherland, Ken Owens, Ty Furlong. Same with Simeon. I'm the exact same okay. with Simeon on that one. Right. So, second row. Uh, I went for Henderson and Alan Jones. My also boy, Henderson, has to be in there and Alan Jones as well, as captain, obviously. It's three for three. Oh, Alan yes. Jones and Ian Henderson as well. That's a nice, uh, a nice coup there. Uh, I feel like this is where it might get a bit different now. Very, yeah. very possibly, yes. <laughs> in oh, the back okay. row. Um, now the, in fairness, there were some tough choices in terms of back row and for the bench. So this was yeah. a tough one. Um, so I went with Tyburn at six, Hamish Watson at seven, and Tulupe Falatau at eight. Okay. Fair, fair. I, I've got, I want to see Tipbrick at six. I want to see if they can do Tipbrick mm. and Watson. And I think they should try in the Japan team. So going Tipbrick, Watson, Falatau. <laughs> So, I mean, two minds, man. Like, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've actually wrote down Tipperick 6. We've so we've seven. got the same pack. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me and you've got the same pack. Yeah. Ta- right. <laughs> Brilliant. So, hopefully, the bench liven things up a bit. Um, <laughs> Sean, who's your halfback pairing? Uh, I went with Murray and Bigger. Okay. I so went. Then, I think they're going to need pace. I'm going. To, I'm going. Gareth Davis and Bigger. Keep it familiar. They know each other. We've we've done it differently. I've gone for Al, <laughs> I've gone for Ali Price and Dan Bigger. I think Ali Price again with the pace. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Murray Field. Yeah, I just want to see an extra Scotsman in there. So yeah, yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, who is your centre partnership, Sean? Um, I went with Henshaw and Harris. Snap, Henshaw and Harris. I think it's the right way to go for this game. <laughs> three for three. He'd <laughs> <laughs> love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I've been banging on this since like the Six Nations. I want Robbie Henshaw and Chris Harris's centre partnership. Not just for this Japan game. Like I want that against yeah. South Africa. So there's a You've little got thing. Good defence and good attack. Absolutely. Because, I mean, yeah. defensively, that is solid for against South Africa. Attack-wise, it's they're both big. They're both good runners, aren't they? Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Sean, who's your... We'll go, yeah, we'll go for back three. Yep, uh, I went with Josh Adams, Louis Rees-Samet and Stuart Hogwood fullback. You went for Stuart Hogwood? No, I'm oh, sure. yeah, sorry. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he played for Exeter. Disqualified. Um, I, I'll, I'll just throw in Daly there. I'll put Daly there. Okay. Sarsons, try again. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it, that's... <laughs> Who, do, who else do I have? You could have William Williams. You could have Anthony Watson. Yeah, I'll put Liam Williams. <laughs> Reluctantly, I'll put Liam uh, Williams. Uh, there we go. So, so, jo- so Josh Adams, Lucy Summit, and Liam Williams is Sean's official <laughs> one against Japan. There we, we got there in the end. Simeon, how about you? I think we need those. I think we need to have some unexperienced wiggers. Obviously, I know Adams is like the one I'm saying for the um, for the start, but he is on my bench. I think you need to do do Vandermeer and Zamet. You've got to try it, and then Liam Williams to keep him together at fullback as the experienced head and all that. 
Samir, have you been reading my notes? <laughs> I wrote Duhan van der Merwe and Lucy Samet quite easily because I keep calling them power and pace and grudgingly I wrote Liam Williams at fullback because so everyone the knows... The only difference yeah. is Scrum for us. Yeah, pretty much. Brilliant. <laughs> so as collectively, we make a good Lions coaching team because we basically uh, all agree. We've basically just agreed, yeah. yeah. We've all, we've all, it's all pretty much the same anyway for the yeah. most part. Except yeah. for me, um, I wouldn't make a good Lions coach. I wouldn't know what players are eligible or not or what players are available. <laughs> right. Now we've got the bench to deal with, lads. So you want to just go for the whole bench? Yeah, go the... on. Bench at a right. tie. Yeah, go on. Right. Go on, Sean. Um, I went with Kelleher at 16 because obviously I don't really know of any other hooker that's available. So Yeah, so... Can I explain my amazing theory I've come up with today? Yeah, go, go on, Simon. Go on. So... All right, so we've seen Kelleher is not a tourist, but he's training with the Lions. And I'm certain Gatlin's gone. Saris could be in a, in that. Well, certainly new Saris were going to be there, and they're like, extra could be in the final. So you've lost both your hookers, so you're only left with Ken Owens, who you and you have to, by law, have a replacement hooker in the yep. squad. So yep. they've cleared, and they've put him as not a tourist, but he is training with the Lions. So he's not going to South Africa. He's going to play a game for the Lions and then go back to the Ireland squad. And I think that's exactly what Gatlin's done there. And he will be on the bench. He's, mark my words, second week yep. going, mark my yes. words, Kelleher will be on the bench for the Lions next week. Well, I never discussed this with you. I did write down Kelleher <clears throat> on my bench. It's just a little spoiler for my bench. I did put Kelleher down. And then I was thinking along those same lines, I mean, that you're firing home that he's not a official tourist and the word tourist keeps sticking out because technically Murrayfield is a home game because that's yeah. his home, his home soil so yeah I think very very sneaky by Warren Gatlin on that anyway um, we'll get back onto that shortly and um, Sean continue with your bench so we've got Ronan Kelleher Kelleher yeah uh, then I went for Sutherland and Fagerson and then I went with Laws um, and then at, at 20 it was either a toss up for me between Conan and Tiprick I think Conan fits the 20 Sure, very well. But obviously, I love Justin Tipperick as well. I wouldn't want to keep him out of the match day 23. So it was a bit of a toss-up there. Um, yeah. And then at sub-scrum half, I went with Ali Price. Again, it's sort of a bit of a toss-up for me between with Garrett Davis as well. I'm a big fan of him as well. But uh, I like Ali Price as well. And then originally, I had Daly on the bench, but obviously, he's uh, ineligible. No. So, <laughs> so um, I put Duan van der Merwe in there along with Bundiaki at 23. Obviously, that's not ideal, having two kind of big men. And then obviously... Um, you know, Stuart Hogg, or not Stuart Hogg, damn it, he's not even there. I was going to say, because I had Stuart Hogg originally at 15, that he could be the cover for 10, but obviously he's not going to be there now. So obviously yeah. Murray, Murray is a bit of a cover there, probably. So yeah, that's that's my bench there. So, so Simon, what's your bench? So mine, again, we discussed Kelleher, Wynne Jones, Ferguson, uh, Courtney Laws. I've put Tom Curry in there. I just think he's a bit okay. of a different... He's a bit of a different flanker to potentially bring in, and he's covered eight before, so I've had him in there. Um, Ali Price, I've put Aki in, but if for whatever reason they need Finn Russell to come as a replacement 10 last minute, it'll be Russell. If not, I think Liam Williams might be, could be a potential 10 cover if they have to. And then 23, Josh Adams, because he can cover the whole back three. Okay, so we're actually different big time for... The bench. Okay, so. okay, so that's good. We've got the 15, but as a Lions collective, we'd have a completely different bench. Brilliant. So my bench is Kelher at Hooker. I've got Wynne Jones and Xander Fagerson as the prop replacements. 
I've put Courtney Laws in as second row, and I've got Tigburn because he can cover the back row as well. Yeah. I've got Connor Murray on my bench because we don't have a 10, and I feel like Connor Murray could play 10. He does yeah. do kicking sometimes for Munster, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've gone for Bundiaki as well, but for to specialise for back three, and I think you could even slot him at centre if it was really required, not just for this game, I meant just in general. Anthony Watson. Yeah, I think he's played 13, but I swear yeah. I've seen him play no, 13 yeah. somewhere. Yeah. There we go. There we go then. So there's Yeah, so there's Yeah. I think uh I think I think the bench just confirmed that, you know, it was getting a bit interesting there at times that, you know, we, we might have been thinking that maybe you were long lost brothers there, lads. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish Welsh there. Yeah. <laughs> The literal connection there, the rugby connection there. Yes, yeah, the, rugby, the connections come with a rugby connection podcast to you. <laughs> um, I just, I just want to confirm that like me and Simon have not discussed that like at all. That wasn't pre-planned. I didn't just like throw in one change just to be different. Like I wrote it down and I said to him, I think I've got it clamped down. So that means if it is, Simon's pretty much got it clamped down as well. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, because I literally said to you, I'm refusing to tell you. I said it to you earlier, I'm not telling yeah. you. <laughs> I'd save it for the pod. Now, lads, score predictions. Oh, well, so Japan actually just, or well, to say just, they did put 30 on the Sun Wolves. It was 32 17, though. They struggled, they, looked, they were down at half time. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's just because like, they used a lot of the new caps, because they did bring in like 13. Like uncapped players for the squad, so I don't know if that was just to, like give them a run out. But I, if that's the case, I feel like the Lions might just run away with it. I don't. I hope they don't. Like, I do want it to be a good, like, competitive game because Japan are an amazing team and probably the best team that don't get watched as often. Exactly. Yeah. In my opinion, if that makes sense. Um. So I'd, I'm going to say forty-two for the Lions. I feel like once they start finding a rhythm, it's just going to click. 42 21. There we go. 42 okay. 21 Lions. Okay. And, I will, and I will be covering bits. I will try and do a little thing for the show if, we can, if I can, if I'm sober Brilliant. enough. Brilliant. <laughs> Sean? Um, I, think, I think it kind of depends on the weather because I think if it's a drier day, I think Japan can probably put it up more to the Lions. I think if you get me, I think the Lions can probably... This is Scotland we're talking about. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. You know, you know, it's only it's only summer in, in, in Scotland. What does that mean? A lot of rain, does it? <laughs> no, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, so, you're from Wales, I mean, it rains all the time there. <laughs> it rains. Yeah, but we get, so we get the heat at least. We get the heat still. As a south. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think... I think yeah, if it's if it's a drier day, I think Japan can probably put more points on the board. I think mm-hmm. it probably will be because I, like I, I I can see Murray your outcome coming through where the Lions do kind of click and kind of just see tries after tries. But I think it probably could be closer than that for me. So I'm going to say twenty eight twenty to the Lions. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Um, yeah, I like that. Okay. All right, Sammy. Um, I'm going on the facts of what Sean said and it's going to be I think Japan will score four tries I think they'll get lo- I think they'll still get a load of tries but yeah. I think they'll miss two conversions so I'm going 24 to Japan and I think the li- I reckon last 20 minutes they've got new caps who won't be as fit as their other team 
last 20 minutes, I'll start running away with it, the Lions. I'm going to go 52. So 52 24 to the Lions. Oh, okay. So, yeah, big scoring or nicely c- contested. I think Japan, like, people keep sleeping on Japan. Like, Michael Leach, obviously, is a great captain. Um, Yo Tamara is an amazing 10. Very underutilized. the winger. Yeah, well, he's fullback as well, so there you go. But yeah. he's, wherever he's he is, yeah, tearing it up in in at Claremont. Um, yeah. Um, what's oh, is it? Laleki, I think. I think I'm Laleki. Laleki. I think I've pronounced that wrong. But like big ball carrying um, winger. He's absolutely unreal. He's definitely fun to watch. Um. Yeah, there's just so much talent in that Japan squad that nobody talks about. And it's just purely because we don't get to see Japan play as often. Exactly. exactly. So, like, just to put out there, like, don't be surprised if Japan do beat the Lions. Like, it is possible. <laughs> it, I'm not, yeah, I don't doubt. I know I'm saying <clears> the scoreline, but I'm saying yeah. it is possible. I'm not denying Japan. I just think the Lions will do better. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely fair, yeah. Um, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, Murray, you're going to the game, which I'm very jealous of. <laughs> to the listeners out there, yeah, uh, to the listeners out there, I actually had tickets. I bought them in November. I was so excited. But then, obviously, unfortunately, due to travel restrictions, I cannot go. But, listeners, if you're listening to this, um, how long are we? We're probably about 45 minutes in the episode. Comment boohoo for Sean to make sure that you're sad for Sean, so that way we know, <laughs> yeah, we know that you're, you know, that you're feeling sorry for me and Simeon. All right. <laughs> I didn't book tickets, but I will be sat at Kafili Rugby Club with a puns or two hey. on the line and the Chiefs. So it'd be a good day all around. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah. So I'll be having a few pints at the pub in Edinburgh before the game. Maybe sober up for and during the game. I don't really drink at the stadium because it's too expensive. But um, no, I'll, I'll try and focus on the game. I love watching. I mean, we all love watching rugby. Let's be honest. Um, and then come home, watch the Premiership final or even highlights of the Premiership final, and just have more drinks. I think that's my plan. Murray, <laughs> four more months, and I will be joining you for those days. Yes, there four we more. go. Four more months. Well. I've got it is a little bit sad for me as well because it was going to be the first game for three generations. It's, I was good, obviously I'm going with my dad and I was going to take my little boy. Um, because of the COVID restrictions, it's no children under the age of fourteen, so he's not allowed to go. Sad, sad times. Yeah. Uh, it does suck, but I, I understand why. Like it is out of their control, but I mean he, he is too young. You probably too, not remember it anyway. So, but yeah. Yeah, you'll bring him to a Scotland game anyway, no doubt, in the future. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. He's already got like a season pass for sorted. So <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Fair play to him. Um, so now, yeah. we're, are we going to move on to um, some refereeing decisions, Simeon? Well, refereeing this weekend was... We had a few, we had a few free, free decisions here, and I had three decisions in my game. Nice little overlap <laughs> of the number three. Um, but we're starting off, I believe Sean's going to get pictures up of the... Bristol and Harlequins game. Now, I'll let Philippe, oh, yeah, pause. <clears throat> so, in this game, we had an incident at the very end during extra time. Harlequins scored a try. Wayne Barnes heard someone on TMO, picked someone up, brought it back, went and TMO'd it. Now, we had a high tackle. Well, I'm going to go wide. They said it was a legal tackle. 
in my opinion is that it wasn't but like obviously referee's perception is the end of the game but my how I thought it went is it was a high tackle neither player was lowered um, the tackle was never lowered and he made shoulder to shoulder contact I know those some of the images look like he made direct head contact if you watch really slow replay he hits the shoulder and I don't even think he ever hits the head like in that there picture there that I believe is just a shoulder so in the new laws, that's yellow card, in my opinion. That's what we're looking at for a yellow card. And I think it should have been a yellow card to Harlequins and tried it allowed. At the end of the day, Harlequins won the game still. And I think they still would have won the game even if they had that yellow card. And at the end, I think there was so much in it. Blaz, what do you think of that, briefly? I, I think I'm with you. I, I would have said, I still would have said it did make head contact. But because his arms are wrapped, it's still a yellow card. So, like, my. Punishment doesn't change on that end, but like I did watch the game, and obviously when you have all the highlights and replays and angles, it, it does look like there was like shoulder to the jaw line area. But yeah, it, it's hard to see it. So there's not clear images. On that note, um, very quickly of law, if if your arms are still trying to wrap, but you still hit someone in the air, that's still a red card. Right, okay. Noted. Yeah, it, 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 that's no mitigation because you're still high. So basically, if you're going to hit someone's head, that just may as well not wrap, then it makes no difference. Well, unless you want a longer suspension. Yeah. <laughs> no, because if you, apparently if you just plead, like if you just agree, you get a lesser punishment. I've heard about this. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not disciplinary. I would say that that's a yellow card just because where the contact was made, but he did wrap. So yeah, Sean, okay. what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you both. I think it's always a yellow card if you're going that high. It's you know it's nearly always a yellow. You got to just get lower, you know. And even I think um, in real time, I think it was kind of one of those ones that if it was just a regular game down at your local club, probably wouldn't have even been a penalty possibly. Like, you know, it's one of those ones mm. where it's kind of like in between. It's like, it looks like it might not have been even have been a penalty. Could have been a red card, but obviously, I mean, you said it was yellow, and I agree, it was definitely yellow. Look shoulder to shoulder. No complaints yeah. there. I think, I, I noticed it as well from my experience right from this weekend, I always had a few yellow cards. I had a yellow card in the first two minutes of the first game of the season. That yellow card I gave when I last referee would have been a penalty at most. It was how the laws have changed. I mean, this guy got someone around, hit someone around the neck with their forearm in the tackle when going to route. The player lowered a bit, but he still was never low the tackle was never low enough so it was a yellow card for sure but it was it was something the laws have massively changed and I just roughly it was very interesting to do. I can't hammer us home enough just please don't yellow card me if you ever referee one of my games when you move up. I'll be polishing them beforehand. <laughs> um right. so then we have Manitoulangi against uh Chapstick in the X the sale game. Now this was the decision I think was Correct this weekend. Tulani is going low, low yeah. enough, and Chapstick's also dipping. Um, but it, it's hard with the arm. It's a bit loose. It's a bit swinging. It's a very, it's again, referee perception. So if you said it's loose, it may be penalty, yellow card. Swinging, you could even say red because it's direct head contact. But I think there is enough mitigation and lowering. But that was a yellow card and a deserved yellow card. You can't. Be, you can't, you've got to be, yes, you've got to go for the rap, but you've got to be controlled. You've got to control your actions in the game and you can't, it's not, you look at that, his shoulder's nowhere near 
him. So the arm is always swinging a bit. So I think you got it right, yellow card. I don't. Yeah, if you if you look at that image, his shoulders not close enough to the tack uh, to the seven chapstick to make a good effective hit. So yeah. he's swinging too much of his arm to attempt to make a wrap. So again, I don't, can't prove intent, but it didn't seem intentional. He was trying to wrap, but he just was in the wrong position, wrong time, wrong place, and he just caught him in the head, and it looked swinging. So I think yellow was the correct decision. I mean, that picture there that we're all looking at, I'm just calling that a, a classic Tulani hit. Not just Manu, Alessandro, yeah. Henry as well. Like, they all do they it. They all do it. They've all. They, I think that's just how they're taught to like put the hits in. It's like just exactly what we're looking at here, and obviously just because of the rules, and obviously I did hit uh, Richard Chapstick's face as a yellow card, but like again, he did go low. He did obviously go for the low tackle. It's just that loose arm. And yeah, it's just typical. Welcome back, Manu. Here's the L card. There you go. <laughs> exactly. It was. We love to see it, Sean. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, always a you know always a yellow. I think it's just a to a laggy way. Is just uh, go hard or go home. You know. So <laughs> I think that's just what he was getting himself into. There. I mean, yeah. That's it. We don't love to see it, but we love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, on to no. what the Wales Online and the, I, I found it in most reliable source going, Wales Online said uh, it was just a ridiculous statement they put out going like he goes to prison or something for this, but it was um, <laughs> it was some it was some very strange headline, but it was direct shoulder to head contact, look at the look at the player, he's never the uh, Highlanders player is never going low there is no rap there, yes the Blues player was lowering a bit, but you've got no rap, going high direct shoulder to head there wasn't enough mitigation. That should have been a red card. I think we can pretty much agree on that, guys. Yeah, I agree. I'm, say, I'm saying it's a red card because that is my boy. That is a Tory Black getting hit. I'm not pleased. <laughs> Just based on that alone, that is a red yeah. card. Um, but no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'll give Lee Dixon his due. As soon as like the referee came and spoke to him, he went over and apologised to Tory. He apologised to the ref. Like it, it was very accepting and fair play. Like he owned up to it straight away. It was given as a yellow, I think, just the way you look, obviously, when you look at it in real time compared to highlights or replays or, like, uh, photos, like, as we're doing, it's hard It's hard to make a full decision because, obviously, the referee's on pressure as well. But, I mean, you see it as clear as day. Like, there's arms down, pretty much down at his side and the shoulder right into Tory Black's face. So I, I'd, I'd agree with Simeon, it, it should have been a red. But I mean, like I said earlier in my review, it didn't make much of a difference. Like the boys were still victorious, it didn't affect the game at all. So exactly, I think briefly from this, I've said it. I said it in all my pre-talks this week. Go low, and I, I in my pre-talk I went, we've got Welsh rugby COVID laws, and we've got world rugby making laws harsher. I was like, you've all watched Six Nations, you've all watched how much red cards become easier now to give. Go yeah. low, and I would, if you go high, expect a card. And I say that straight to him because that's how the laws are after. And anyone who might listen to IRF or if anyone who just you play rugby, just go low because I've had three re- three yellows in three games first first um, weekend back. So just make sure we get those tackles low, keep it safe. We don't want players getting concussed. We don't want players getting injured. Do it, even, I, and I said. You might want to smash that man in front of you, but do it legally and it'll be so much better. There'll be less consequences. Yeah. Exactly. Well well said, Simon. Well said. Um, I believe you've got a question for us. 
We do. Week. We had your question. We this had week. loads of questions tonight, which is great to see. Now on the live stream, any the all the other questions, I'm going to try and answer on my own account because there are some fantastic questions. But we've got a question, and I hope I'm saying it right from Ashlyn. Um, so, in our opinion, who didn't earn their place in the Lions squad this year, and why? And do you think those players got on on past performances, Sean? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, for me, off the top of my head, I think there's a, I think there's a couple. I think Connor Murray is probably one of them. I personally probably wouldn't have brought him just based on form. I think he hasn't been in good form at all since the. You know, since I don't even know how long, you know, I think it's been a while since he's been at top form. Yeah. Um, but I still think he's a good player, and I still think if he can find his form, um, maybe his 2018 form, he would be a great scrum half. Um, I think you know, it's a bit of a, a common one, but uh, I think possibly Owen Farrell as well. I, I don't think he wasn't that great in the Six Nations. He's a solid player, I think, um, and he's a great leader, and and he like he, he deserves a starting place for England. But the Lions is another kettle of fish. But luckily, I'd still bring him either way. But, you know, I think that's one that probably he probably was brought based on past performance. Um, is there anyone else? Possibly Liam Williams. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I'm... Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Liam Williams. And then maybe Daly, but Daly is a great player. He has a lot of skills. Um, yeah. I never, I never actually knew. I'll, I'll answer it in a minute. I never actually knew that the Liam Williams thing triggered me that much. I got asked it in like a Q and A on like my on my videos in the week. Like your least favorite player, and I was just like, oh well, I'll keep it brief. And I was like, <laughs> Liam Williams. And as soon as I said the name, I just I, it's like a flip, a switch went off. I was just like, yeah. he's so well disappointed. He does this, he does that. Yes, he's great under the high ball, but like. Fuck me, holy shit! Like, how is a fullback getting in that much trouble? Is unre- and I just went off on one for like the full minute on my TikTok video. Yeah. So Murray, I- maybe apart from <laughs> Liam Williams, who do you think? On that match, yeah. <laughs> um, Marco Van Like, how is he? Like, why is he in that team? Yeah. Is, <laughs> obviously, if Marco was like basically any of them, if they were all like in good form or showing like what they can do and even glimpses of it, then fine, I'd understand it. Marco does nothing. Like even when he's playing well, he doesn't do anything. It's yeah. it's just like a it must be a like a Vonapola mentality. They don't do anything. <laughs> <They're> lazy. <laughs> um like honestly, like I know it came back to last week if we could have a pick and I, I should have done it there, that would have worked. I would have put Joe Marler in. Credit to Joe Marler. Most props don't finish eighty minutes. He did ninety-four minutes of this in the semi-final. They, oh, that's right. what you're. Oh, that is what you're wanting in that Lions. And team. then got a helicopter to see his daughter be born. Oh, wow. exactly. Oh, he's right. an absolute. He's an absolute legend. We all love Joe Marler, regardless of what club you support. Who doesn't yeah. love a yeah. bit of Joe Marler? But yeah, like I'd, Marco Vanapola is just there because of his name. I think. I think before the Six Nations, Alan Wynn Jones was going to be there just as namesake, and that's going to be very controversial. But um, I think obviously he's earned it. Like what he's done in that Six Nations and proving that age is just a number. Fair play on fully deserving on that squad. So I wouldn't take him out. Um, Who else? Owen Farrell, like uh, Sean said, I wouldn't have picked Elliot Daly, and I know he's a very versatile player. I think. More since he moved to Saracens, 
he's done absolutely nothing. He wasn't. He's not the Elliot Daly that we've seen at Wasps. Yeah. yeah, I know he's still got the long boot on him. Like, I, I can't take that away from him. But no, he just, yeah. there's so many games that he he either just played really badly or was just sort of there. And yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like there should have been like I know he got hurt, but George North. I think if George North was still fit, yeah, he was not going. I think I think that was a massive, massive loss for the Lions. Though I, I, everyone, every nation was sad when that ha- yeah, happened. Absolutely, absolutely. I think like, if you're looking for versatility and in form, like Simeon said last week, it's Henry is, Slade is in my vo- fly half, both centers, fullback. He's quick enough to go on the wing if you wanted him to. Jack Noel. Like, Jack Noel's fully fit again. Full can back. play centre? Yeah, he can play centre. Anthony Watson, with his, well, he's already on the tour, but you yeah, know what a, I mean. He could, no, he... Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think... Um, I, I, I would have even put on Jacob Stockdale. I know he hasn't been in the best form either, so... But... He can play positions. Full back, winger. I mean, he's big enough. I could, I could put him in the centre. He's played 13. Keep... Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, I, I mean, you, people probably think I'm just bashing Saracens players in England. I'm not. I'm generally not. Like, Owen Farrell, on his day, is arguably one of the top players in world rugby. It's yeah. just been a while since that's happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. And Marco, I think Marco's been lost since the last tour. And I'm genuinely being honest. Like, that's my big one. That, like, that's my big one. Like, I don't like Liam Williams. I think I've made that crystal clear. But I understand why he's on the tour. I, I, yeah. Even he was he was on my initial squad. Yeah. It, it pain it pains me to do it, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> so exactly, um, yeah. But Marco Vanapola has just been so lost and out of touch since the 2017 tour to New Zealand. I think Joe Morrow should have been in there. I wouldn't have put Elliot Daly in this year just because of his form. Yeah, they're my two big ones. Especially, so great question though. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where I'm going, I see what you mean with Conor Murray. I think, I mean, if you went purely on film, you bring players like Kieran Hardy in. Yeah, but um, that's one of my little Welsh ones. But you've got, you've got a bit of a thing with that. Um, I just don't think the Saracens should have. And I'm not. Again, it's not like I'm Saracens bashing, but why are you bringing champ players who played awfully in the Six Nations and then? Are playing against some professional teams every week. I don't. <laughs> I, I. I mean, I think they're there for a reason, and I think potentially under. And I'm gonna. I think potentially coaching under Gatlin might make him play on form over Eddie Jones and Saracens being in the championship. I think mm. if anyone is going to get those players in form, it's Gatlin. Yeah. yeah and I think that... that's. So I think I. I think Conor Murray, maybe I. I kind of always expected him to be there. The Saracens players for sure. Um, and I think that's really. I think, and I think people will get annoyed. I think the squad was there for a reason. They like, made the right decision. I think yes, we'll say this player should have maybe not been there. Okay, Mako is the one I do really agree with. That no, should not be there. Um, and Farrell because on the silly and form, there's better players. But I think they are there for a reason, and I think they'll put a good job on. I think they'll put a good show on, and I think. It'll be good, but thank you for the question. I think that was a great question. I think we all thoroughly enjoyed that one. Yeah, definitely. I'm guessing, I'm hoping we continue with this Lions theme as well, just because obviously we're now days 
well, we're on. This is on the Sunday, so we're just over a under a week. Six days away. Six days away till Lions versus Japan. I I'm like I'm already excited. I can't wait. Exactly. Um, but I think I think going forward, we are going to be doing a lot of Lion discussion, especially next week. We can review. We'll be reviewing the game. And um, we will be doing the Ever Internationals coming out in the summer as well. Yeah, so we able to exactly. talk about but we've got, like I just, like we've just said, we've got a lot of things coming up. The David Rogo interview comes out on Thursday. Like I can't hype this up enough. It is so, so good. Like I, for the most part, I feel like I just sat back and let David tell us stories. Like he's he is a part of rugby history. Um, he's obviously not talked about as much, and I think that's where we've kind of got a good. Like opportunity with this interview that comes out um, that is very untouched product for the most part. Um, we've got the David Rowe interview coming out. We've got more guests lined up. Well, I think we're jam-packed now, aren't we? Like, to, like, yeah, we're booked in. We're booked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Granted, we only do, we're trying to do guests every fortnight. But even still, like, right through to August, considering this is only our third episode. So, like, thank you to like everyone that like is supporting us and commenting and sharing us on like social media and just genuinely getting like excited and I know there's a lot of questions that keep coming out about a certain guest. I have reached out to him. I'm not naming his name on this, but I have. Are I you have reached... who on about? But we we spoke yeah, about some yeah, yeah. We have like every week when we when we talk all us three talk all the time in a chat and at least twice a week this boy's name comes up <laughs> literally and, it, literally. and yeah, it, is a, it is a good thing I have met, I have messaged him about it saying like look the people do want you on this show I mean we we do want him on the show as well it's just it is finding the right time and yeah we've also got like Simeon's got connections with refereeing Sean knows a lot of great people I'm trying to get people involved just it's trying to figure that out and when it's them and oh, it's stressful but it's all worth it definitely so thank you all for listening to the third episode of a Rugby Connection podcast next week we'll be coming for the Premiership final and the uh, Top 14 final and we'll have other little news of the Sevens and the MRL and we can't wait to talk to you guys about that and especially a review of the first Lions game and then building on to our probably next our teams for the next Lions games coming up after that. So thank you so much, gents. Thank you for being on again and committing as usual. Yeah, and I hope you all have a great evening. It's always a pleasure. It was just, it's always fun talking to you lads. Like I said this last week, I'll say it again till people get fed off of me saying it. Like we have only spoke for a month and a half, two months at most, the three of us. We've never met. Like we've not all sat in a room together and like had a drink or whatever, purely probably because of COVID more than anything. Yeah. Let's be honest. But like the chemistry that the three of us have, like you, even the Lions squad, like how close me and Simon were on pretty much having the same squad. Sean wasn't that yeah. far off. It, it's just, it's so mad how chemistry, like from three pretty much strangers work. And the fact that we've got a show together just tells you how much like support we've got 
on like our own TikTok accounts and all that. So yeah, yeah, like you're gonna get bored of us saying thank you, but tough. Like we're not <laughs> gonna get bored of it. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, lads, and uh, definitely exciting times ahead. So um, yeah, so everyone, thanks a million for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>